This is, I call it rapid growth analysis. I try to figure out over this past week, what allows businesses to grow and what's the essence of it. And basically it's an evaluation of what is working, what is not working. So this is now our internal system. I try to boil things down to one piece of paper to simplify processes. So I think that's, that's the secret sauce is, is I think is natural, the natural human tendency to bring complexity when things are difficult. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello. Hello, this is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and we're doing something a little bit different this year with some of our episodes. We're repurposing some of our favorite episodes around specific topics related to entrepreneurship. This month, we're focusing on entrepreneurship and community, us, we, our, together, and we're going to look at entrepreneurship and industries and different types of entrepreneurship and ultimately what that really means, but we're also going to delve deeper into the importance of community, networking, niche communities, and how that supports being a CEO entrepreneur and business owner. So sit back and enjoy these special episodes around entrepreneurship and community. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Mike McCallowitz of Profit First Professionals. Mike, it's awesome to have you on the show. Gresh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Definitely the honor is all ours. And what I wanted to do before we jumped in is read a little bit more about Mike so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Mike is the author of Profit First, Clockwork, Surge, The Pumpkin Plan, and his newest release, Fix This Next. By his 35th birthday, Mike has had founded and sold two companies, one to private equity and another to Fortune 500. Today, he's running his third multi-million dollar venture, Profit First for Professionals, and Mike is a former small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal and the former business makeover specialist on MSNBC. Over the years, Mike has traveled the globe speaking with thousands of entrepreneurs and is here today to share the best of what he has learned. Mike, are you ready to speak to the IMCL community? Yeah, I totally am. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's make it happen. So to kick everything off, I guess I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit and hear a little bit more on how you got started, hear your story, and what led you kind of start all the awesome things you're doing. Sure, sure. sure. It's funny when, when you read my resume there, I, I read them like, God, that sounds like a dick, actually. <laughs> like, oh, it's so successful. Uh, so I, th- I think the actually the interesting part of my journey was I, I have built and sold some companies. I built one company that was a disaster and uh, I wiped out all my wealth. So I sold a business to a Fortune 500. My second company was in computer crime investigation. It's acquired by Robert Half International. And after that, I was like, oh my God, I'm such a genius. I know everything about entrepreneurship. And I started letting it rain money because you know I'm worth it. And I became an angel investor. I sucked at it. I actually call myself now the angel of death. I was so bad. <laughs> business after business collapsed and I lost, lost everything. I lost my home, lost my possessions. I didn't lose my family. And that was my wake-up call that I don't know much about entrepreneurship that I have a lot to learn and I'm, I'm not invincible, not Midas. And I became an author. And so that's why I wrote these books, really to explore what I don't know about entrepreneurship and uh, satisfy my own needs to simplify the journey and, and hopefully do it for others. And while I've been doing that, I've been blessed to have other opportunities come my way and, and start new businesses. But, but I'm a full-time author now for small business owners to help make the entrepreneurial path simpler. Awesome. 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 So I know I touched on a little bit when I read your bio. I wanted to hear a little bit more about Profit First Professionals. Could you take us through exactly what you're doing to support the clients there? 
Yeah. So this was like the discovery of discoveries. There's there's a statistic came out that there's 180 million small businesses in the world. I mean, it's a lot of small businesses. It's the backbone of our economy. And what we're going through now with this recession, small business is more important than ever. And small business must be profitable. And that's the irony, Gresh, is we start our business specifically to have financial freedom and personal freedom. And yet it seems like the two things we start our business for never happens. We, we don't make money and we're working our asses off. So what I discovered was I thought there was a flaw in us. Like, what's wrong with humankind? And then I come to conclude that there's no problem with us. The formula, the foundational formula we use for profit is wrong. We're told that sales minus expense equals profit. And that's wrong because profit comes last, meaning we don't think about it. We wait till the end of the year and say, oh my God, not this year, maybe next. So what I teach in profit first is to flip the formula. It's sales minus profit equals expenses. And in practice, every time revenue comes into our business, we pay ourselves, we pay the business first. We take a piece out, allocate it toward profit. So Profit First Professionals is a collection of accountants, bookkeepers, and coaches who use this method that I teach in the book, but just take it to the next level. They become the ultimate trainer. Like if you join a gym, you can work out on your own, but you may hurt yourself or do the exercise wrong, or you can get a trainer that is going to keep you accountable to the process and make sure you do the exercises right. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So many times, as you said, when you're running a business, we don't think that we have enough profits or any profits to be able to pay ourselves or, you know, even pay the business. And I think to our detriment, it, it kind of handicaps the business. So it's not able to grow. And then, of course, we're frustrated and, and angry and all those things happen because we haven't focused on that, that methodology. Yeah, no, that's totally right. That's totally right. And, and, and I just want your listeners to know that it, it ain't you. It's not, you're not the one with the problem. This is a systemic problem, meaning it's the system that's the problem and it's global. But when you start taking your profit first, your business will start to adjust. And it almost seems too good or too easy to be true. I'm happy to say we have over 350,000 businesses successfully doing this right now. So we, nice. we now have the empirical data. It works because it's a behavioral system. It's not, it's not an accounting system. It manages our cash, but our behavior adjusts. When $1,000 comes in, we used to say we had $1,000 to spend. Now $1,000 comes in and 200 bucks is set aside for profit. The remaining $800, now you know what you really have to work with and you do. Yeah, and it, may, it makes so much sense. And I don't know if it kind of speaks to like that idea of constraints, because I think that you have yeah. the opportunity to really create and be creative as we are as entrepreneurs and business owners when you have those quote unquote constraints and you're not using the thousand, you're using the 800 instead. Now, that's exactly what it is. It's, it is a natural psychological response that we work within the confines of what's available. And it's also normal psychology that as a resource expands in its availability, we consume more. The day you make more money, you start spending more because mm -hmm. I got the means now. If you, if you have a small house, you, you live within you know, that small house. If you have a big house, all of a sudden you have shit everywhere <laughs> because you have a bigger house. So we expand into the capacity of what's available. So by intentionally constraining how much money is available to spend, we'll work within it. Right. Absolutely. No, it's extremely powerful. And I, and I love that you, you know, you've devoted obviously the book to it, but definitely helping out so many entrepreneurs and business owners. So I, I wanted to ask you now for what I call your secret sauce, and it could be for you personally or your business, but what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? So I, I think what, what it does is, is really this focus on simple. So everything I write about and everything, everything I do in my business is simple. Like funny, I just hold this piece of paper for anyone watching on video. This is, uh, I call it rapid growth analysis. I try to figure out over this past week, what allows businesses to grow and what's the essence of it? And basically, it's an evaluation of what is working, what is not working. So we, this is now our internal system. I try to boil things down to one piece of paper to simplify processes. So I think that's, that's the secret sauce is 
is I think is natural the natural human tendency to bring complexity when things are difficult, mm-hmm. and it actually just makes things more difficult. What is the if we can boil down to the raw essence? And, and these systems aren't the panacea. They don't make everything work, but they make big steps forward. So, what's the fewest things you can do that have the greatest impact? That's the, the secret sauce we use here, and, and I try to teach through all my books. Yeah, that's extremely powerful. And I think that so many times I've heard the quote and I said the quote from Steve Jobs, is he's more, more focused on design, but he says to get to simple, you really have to work at simple to be able to get there. And I yeah, think yeah, that, it's, it's not easy. Yeah, exactly. But it's the fact that you have that experience and that that empirical data, as you kind of spoke to now, too, where you're able to get to the simplicity and you're able to teach so many people how to do that because it sounds like you've been able to kind of distill that down. Yeah, no, totally. And, and you know what's so funny is it is it's hard to believe that simpler things are more effective. It's just, it's just almost contrary to how we think. It's like, no, it can't, it can't be that easy. And I think then the way to convince ourselves is to test things out. So mm-hmm. just back to profit first, people hear profit, take your profit first. That's, that's, that's a shell game. That's not going to work. And I encourage people, I, mean, I, I get the skepticism because I felt that way. Just take us to start, start with 1%, try a small amount and see how it works for you. And if it does work for you, amplify it. If it doesn't, abandon it. And th- I think that's how simple things work is let's dip the toe in the water on these things just to prove to ourselves it's working or not. And if it's not, it's not for you. And if it is, go with it. Awesome. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an Apple book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Oh, you know, it's a real simple technique when it comes to introducing new offerings, particularly actually in times like this right now, where what we used to do isn't as easy to sell. What's the new thing? I call it the one step back technique. So what I do is I look at the final offering and I start rewinding step by step to see is there new offerings in there. Ultimately, a final offering is a culmination of a lot of steps, which are actually offerings. It's best explained through example. So there's restaurants right now that are obviously really struggling and a restaurant by law has been shut down. You can't, you can't do your final offering, which is putting food on the table. So we simply start asking what happens one step back. So a restaurant, right? One step prior to putting food on the table, they carry the food to the table. Okay. So carry out or take out is an obvious mm-hmm. solution. And many restaurants have done that. One restaurant in our neighborhood really amplified that. And they, they collaborated with a food truck. And a food truck is doing runs to neighborhoods, doing food delivery. And now this former restaurant is a kitchen that's prepping food for delivery. Mm-hmm. Then we ask, you know, what happens one step before that? Well, one step before carrying food to the table, the food's prepared in the kitchen. Okay, well, what are your 10 most popular menu items? Why not sell those recipes? Or why not sell a class explaining and having your chef demonstrate how to prepare these foods? Or why not have a cooking class where you can go live on Zoom or something like that and do teleconferences with your customer base Now they can cook this at home, but also enjoy the experience. There's a new offering. What happens one step prior to that? Well, it's the procurement of meats and vegetables. Well, why not still purchase those, but carve them up? And now you become a blue apron for your local community. You know, what happens one step prior to that? So you keep on asking this one step prior and you start to notice you have all these new offerings that have always been there. Awesome. So I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So that could be like a word of wisdom or a piece of advice or something you might tell yourself if you were to hop into a time machine. <laughs> Listen to wallets, not to words. Mm-hmm. You know, when I start, when I sell something or I start a new business, I ask my friends, do you want this? They're like, oh my God, man, that sounds awesome. I'm all in. <laughs> right. And then, and then you go to sell it and they're like, all right, bro, I'm out. I'm like, what, what the F? <laughs> you know, People will say things because it's socially appropriate. It's nice to say that. It's nice to be supportive. 
But what really matters for sustainability of an entrepreneur is are people willing to depart with money? Mm -hmm. So instead now I ask, hey, I have this idea. Are you willing to pay for it? And if people say, no, that means my idea is no good. I have to be able to get people to open their wallets. I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Mike, what does being a CEO mean to you? Yeah, a CEO is an empathetic leader to me. A CEO is someone who leads through understanding and caring. Now, empathy and sympathy is different. Sympathy is where I take pity on someone like, oh, you're really having a tough time. Thank God that's not me. Empathy is where we put ourselves in someone else's shoes and really try to understand their situation and be of support and guidance through that. Our own, we're, we're tiny. We have 12 employees here in our office. But what I used to say was, oh my God, the vision of the business is everything. And then I realized, no, the vision of the business is to serve the people that are serving the business. Mm -hmm. So instead of having a corporate goal, we're going to do X millions of dollars in revenue. That's my goal as a business owner. But what's everyone's goals collective? One person wanted to get their first house. Another person wants to learn to speak Spanish. We started to learn people's goals. And now I realize, how do we march toward my goal of making millions of dollars and be of service to everyone else's individual goals because everyone's goal to themselves is the most important thing. So empathetic leadership is understanding everyone's need and satisfying it as a collective. Yeah, it's, it's extremely powerful. And I think, as you said, you know, so many times we forget kind of like the quote says that uh, if you help a lot of people get what they want, then it helps you get what you want. That's exactly right. This is a, and the little tip to this that I discovered is it's not about doing for others. It's about supporting them in their own journey. It's mm -hmm. interesting. If you give someone a house, you know, which is ex an extremely generous offer, the value is less significant to them if they, as opposed to them acquiring their own house, mm -hmm. right? We appreciate what we have to earn. So my job is not to be a great giver in that regard. It's to be a contributor to their journey. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of quote unquote, teaching a man to fish, so to speak, and yeah. giving them an opportunity for do that. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, Mike, truly appreciate all the awesomeness that you provide. I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, where we can get a copy of all your books, all the awesome things you're doing, and then get in contact with you. Thanks, Crash. You know, the what I want to share as a final thought is mm -hmm. what we're going through right now. I know we're entering the summer and the, the world is the world's punched CEOs and small business owners in the face. And we have a bloody nose, a black eye. And while the world's doing that, it's also saying, save me. It's the weirdest situation ever. So I'm just encouraging everyone. It's not going to be an easy path, but we need you. The world needs your success. So stand up, step forward and kick ass. Do whatever it takes to sustain. It's necessary. It's important. So stick in there. And then one tool that may help you and it's totally free is fixthisnext.com. That's the site for my book. But in there is an evaluation site where you can click on a single button and evaluate where your business is right now. And it will pinpoint exactly what you need to do next. And it's a download. It's not even a download. It just presents the screen. So you don't need to download anything. Just click and analyze. And it takes maybe less than five minutes and you'll be able to pinpoint what you should do right now. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much again, Mike. We will definitely have the links and information in the show notes so that everybody can click through and follow up with you. But definitely, you know, appreciate you. Appreciate the the reminder you gave us as well, too, on how important small businesses, entrepreneurs, and business owners are to the world and uh, how it's kind of our charge to be the superhero, so to speak, to be able to make the world a better place. So I appreciate you for doing the same and reminding us of that. 
Thank you, my brother. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.